Welcome. Caverns. Comedians. And comedians. And caverns. In this case, the cavern is the mouth of a giant creature. The cavern has been the story we've told you. And the trick is, none of us have ever really been comedians. Ooh. Amateurs. Well, no, Lee's a... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, well, amateurs and Lee. <laughs> Once I got paid. <laughs> <laughs> and remember to stick around afterwards for Chatting Caverns, where we'll answer all of your questions. All three of them. <laughs> all questions. Uh, Maddox's bedroom voice. <laughs> <laughs> you can recoil a little less, please. Welcome to Caverns and Comedians, Dungeons and Dragons powered storytelling with Toronto Comedians. Last time, the robot was destroyed. Now, Snakey and Jillison are trapped inside the demon's mouth. A battle against... A gargantuan demon lord rages in the center of a wrecked Tudo. Two dragons lay motionless on the ground. A giant death homunculus has been wrecked. A huge and magically enlarged metal flying koala is falling to the ground. The gargantuan demon lord has the head of an ancient copper dragon within its mouth. Fook Wimbles is confused. And in his underwear. Snakey is inside the mouth of the beast as her friend clings to life. And Hank Brody is wondering what the hell he's going to do next. The beast is going to attempt to rend its teeth through the throat of the dragon. But he can't quite force his teeth through the scales. The metallic scales of this dragon are slightly too strong. It hurts her. But it can't get through her skin and can't deal the final death blow. Fook has just seen the mayor of Tudo the architect of all this destruction, disappear into a puff of smoke in front of him as Fook's battle axe falls from its lodging in his shoulder. Fook climbs forward on you-know-whose shoulder, retrieves his battle axe, and starts looking around for this wizard because he couldn't have gone far with the spell that Fook thinks he cast. And he calls out and says, I think I know your brother. He's not my brother. Fook turns in the direction of the sound. Then what's the relationship there? Are you clones? You are looking towards his ear. And you just see his head pop out. Who told you? Oh, clones indeed. Well, that gives us something to talk about. That's my stalling technique <laughs> because I don't know what to do about that. <laughs> I shouldn't point out it's my stalling technique, but I'm just trying to fill air here. You've given it all away. I know everything. How have I given away your secrets? No, your secrets. You've given your own secrets away. Oh, I don't have many secrets. I mean, anyone can read my shield. So, how about it? Oh, you want to read my shield? Yep, yeah, just, I'm not doing anything. Oh, Fook climbs into the ear. You're going to go in and you beat... 
Fook begins reading his shields. Well, I liked olives, but then I didn't like olives. And there was someone named Agatha and someone named Finnick who got his head squished in some way. Uh, I don't remember entirely. There was some bul- some giant barbarian. I never met him, but um, I think he would have been my type. As Fook had- rambles on, a the wizard has his hands behind his back and begins to reach his fingers outside of the billowing arms of his robe. Hank is in the enlarged koala robot as it smashed into the chest of you-know-who and is now falling to the ground. Its thrusters wrecked. Its engine wrecked. It is no longer functioning. Hank climbs out of the wrecked windshield, stumbles away from the hulking mess that he's leaving behind, stares up at the giant demon lord in front of him, shrugs, and casts the only spell he can think of that actually deals damage, shatter, to create a large sound directly in the center of its chest. Uh, You shatter some of the hairs on his chest. Take that! Oh, I'm running out of stuff. We are back to Mayor Fort, who is Lord Fook. Close to him. Ooh, I also have my dead wife in a mop. Ooh, drat, I left her behind. She's not going to be happy with that. He decides to cast a spell on you, and his hand moves to the front, and you see the gnarled finger pointing towards you, as you have seen before. And Fook lashes out with his axe. He is staggering. There is blood dripping from him. He is, his breath is heaving. And one of his feet is up to the ankle in earwax. He is not in a good way. But he is still able to raise his finger. Fook Wimbles does not turn to stone. I also might be the father of a half-dragon. But I'm not entirely sure. I could have just stolen a dragon egg. Oh, wait, where did I leave that? As you get distracted, he once again puffs away into nothing. So how did you get cloned? Snakey is in the mouth of the beast. She is badly burned by the acid breath. And she is seeing her friend slowly have the life choked out of her. Copper dragon, wider than a mile. I'll be riding you in style someday. We're after the same demons and... Waiting round the bend, my copper dragon friend. It doesn't look good. <sighs> Snakey looks at the the dragon who's slowly having the life squeezed out of her, and um, in a moment of empathy <laughs> uh, she takes out her bow and stands on the dragon's head and points it directly into Jillicent's skull Jillicent I I'm so sorry I'll I'll see you on the other side and she looses an arrow the arrow from point-blank range on a very hurt and weakened Jillicent 
finds that soft point of the skull that dragons would rather you not know about and pierces her brain. The muscles relax. The fight is gone. She slowly turns the eye, the russet-colored eye, to Snakey as it as their lids close and another tear ekes out. <laughs> as dragons do when they die, her final breath releases down into the throat of the demon lord. Suddenly the mouth is filled with acid. As you know who feels the fight go out of Jillicent, he clenches his teeth and manages to finally bite through. And as, just as her final breath is being released, he swallows. And the entirety of the acid is taken through his body. And it burns through his esophagus and trachea. It burns through the organs inside, the lungs, the heart are dissolved. He is slowly bubbling from the inside out. As with her final breath. Jillicent has managed to take you-know-who with her. The demon lord dissolves from the inside out, and the last thing that Snakey sees is daylight as the acid splashes around her, and she sees the sun. She knows that with her last breath, she and her friend have killed the greatest beast she's ever fought. Yes! From the ground, Hank looks up. Holy crap, she did it! Snakey, you killed it! You, you killed it! Globs of acid are falling down from the dissolving beast above him. Hank is looking up. He's getting hit by globs of acid as they spray down while he's trying to look for Snakey, assuming that she must have escaped. Maybe, maybe I can break her fall, he thinks. But he can't seem to find her, and instead just gets hit by more and more acid. Fook! is in the ear of the beast, and suddenly he's falling. The world tilts and Fook reaches out and grabs onto some ear hair. Fook launches himself into the soft cushioning of earwax. One thing they don't have on the abyssal plane is any way to deal with earwax buildup. <laughs> there is a... almost as though you're suspended in concussive-resistant jelly, you make a soft landing. And Fook is able to crawl out from under the giant head of a dead demon lord. Fook, in his underwear, climbs out from under the head, dragging his shield and axe behind him, looking around for his armor, which is now long gone. You see the form of the mayor has been thrown clear, but nearby. He doesn't appear to be moving, but you can see his chest raise and lower as he makes weak breaths. Fook runs over to him and says, Is there anything you want me to tell your clone? His breathing gets a little weaker. Fook lays hands on the mare and lets a very small bit of divine energy flow into him, hoping to save him. He coughs up blood and spurts back into consciousness. I'm not hungry. Yes, I'm wondering if maybe uh, since something destroyed that thing, maybe your head might be clear. I don't want to burn. All right, then I won't burn you. Maybe I can find my friends and we can figure this out. But I don't want to burn you. Um, 
Hank, are you out there? I could burn you. It'd be so simple. From a short distance away, Hank comes running, his staff raised, screaming a battle cry. I'm gonna go! Wait, wait, no, no, no. Snakey? Snakey? I was going to look for her next. Hank peels off and heads towards the skull. Well, fat lot of good you were. (laughs) My mind is clear. I haven't felt this way for so long. Wait, uh, answer me this. Raise taxes or lower taxes? If we want to deliver the level of service that uh, people have come to expect from us, there are going to have to be certain adjustments to the marginal tax rate. Fook raises his battle axe. (laughs) Raise taxes or lower taxes? Read my lips. No new taxes. Done. Well, perhaps you should stand up. This is kind of a gross area. At that point, Coney Wetbottom flashes back in. Well, I see my plan has worked perfectly. Wait, what? Yes, um, your friend sacrificed herself greatly. Wait, what? And we have defeated a demon lord from the abyssal plane and just... No, let's go back. I have to admit, none of this, uh, this all, this all, this is, this is a big win. Wait, who died? Oh, your friend Snakey, she was... What? But she was essentially my daughter, except we never signed any legal forms. Hank has made it to the skull and is searching the remains for anything, any sign of Snakey, anything left behind. A bat flutters up. (laughs) Hank lets out his arm and the bat lands and crusts over a little bit onto his wrist. Spits up on him a bit. Where's where's your master? (laughs) Oh no. Oh no. The bat is just weeping goo. A giant snake slithers up to Hank. It's okay. I'll be a friend now. I'll, all the pets. I'll have all the pets. I'll have all the pets. I'll take care of you. Uh... All Hank is able to find of Snakey in the mass of Viscera is her pouch. That held a dragon's egg. Oh, Fook's gonna want this back. And Hank returns to Fook and the conies. Yes, so I still don't understand this whole cloning thing. Well, you can only get so much done in a day. All right, so how did one of you turn, well, more evil than the other half? I'll field that one, and the mayor takes... Wait, which one are you? The one who is visually easily discernible as the mayor responds... I, uh, once I became, once I was elected head of the council, I was initiated into the secret society that actually ran Tudo. We hadn't counted on that. The madness of the demon lord whose portal resided beneath the city took hold of my mind. Hank arrives back at the group. Okay, so which one's the real, the two conies? I can't tell. Okay, hold on a second. Hank takes out a little bit of parchment uh, and a pen and he writes, real coney. Mayor Coney on two name tags and holds them up, but can't decide which one to put on which. The mayor is wearing the the chain of office and has there's no way to know robes. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the Coney you are most familiar with, who has the haircut you recognize, and says, "I I, I don't think that real Coney applies to me. Um, perhaps number three. Hank puts Mayor Coney on that one. <laughs> Wait, how many of you are there? Uh, I. I was third in the series, I believe. Oh, jeez. Seven were made total. 
Well, there's 17 of me, so that's all so strange. I was there to run the business, you know, day-to-day commercial thing. Yeah, this is getting more boring than I expected. Did you see the dragons? Yeah, no, the, um, Jillicent, she, she died. What about the others? They looked like I'm they strangely were sleeping, maybe. I'm strangely interested in Bonnie. Bibby and Fwain lay dead. Bibby. Bibby. Oh, that reminds me. Um, I found this where I thought Snakey might be. And Hank presents the silver dragon egg. Ooh. It, oh, uh, it's, your, it's your baby, Fook. Yes, I read that on my shield. Okay, just check and make sure. Oh, no, single parenthood. Who will want me now? Most people who are anywhere near this battle are dead. The city of Tudo is essentially a ruin. The entirety of the downtown core has been leveled. Well, another adventure well finished. I, I mean, I guess we're heroes, right? We, we beat the demon. Well, there's much rebuilding to be done, says the mayoral Coney Island. Um, well, yes, I'm... It will take I, years of I have plans. dedicated service. And There's an evil woman I have to find. When might I submit a, a, a quote for some contracting work that I might be interested in providing to the city? I have experience in a variety of infrastructure Once the repairs. lawsuits for damages are settled, we can discuss that. Ugh. But I suppose I should thank you for releasing me from the power of the demon, Lord. I, I am a very powerful wizard. Yes, it's not like I was intending to kill you at all. I nearly killed you. I nearly well, used one of my most powerful spells, but I do have spells more powerful than that. Sure you did. In fact, far be it for me to say, but I could perhaps grant you three wishes. Wait, 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 what, what? I have a spell that I, that few are powerful enough to cast called Wish. Three wishes each? No, total. Well. Okay, quick huddle. Quick huddle. There's just two of us. Is Wait, that a am huddle I involved or is that a in the huddle? huddle? No, like you're a... not part of the Wait, huddle. What? How about me? Um, no. No, you two huddle on your own. So we're you're the hu- mayor. Why would you be in the huddle? Why does he know three wishes? That's an awful lot of brain space to use up for three spells. I mean, it might be one from each of the clones. I mean, I have slots. I have three spells. I can cast three of okay. these. Okay, so one of them, we could bring back Snakey. I mean, we also did lose two other friends. What happened to the did rest we? of us? Yeah, I can't remember that. I don't um, know. What about the dumb one we cloned of me? There's a lot of writing on the shield. Started I mean, I can't skim it all. Wait, could they bring my family back? I don't know the rules. Wait, what are the rules? Well, you can ask me to cast powerful spells, or you could ask for something off the menu, but it comes at a cost. A cost to you, though, not us. No, cost to you. Very oh. much to you. Oh, well, then. Doesn't really bounce back on me at all. Well, okay, spell number one, Snakey comes back. She was too far, far too young to die. I mean, I would then give her a choice, so it's using your wish on her. Well, we'll use the third wish for her, then. Yeah, no, let, let us do the picking, yes. and then she gets back. That's a I pretty, mean, she'd, that, she'd, like, she'd that's wish for wish. She'd wish for herself back. It would just be, be oh, also right. to return to her time. So that's like her choice. Although her time, there's nothing no, her left her time there. is lame. She, doesn't want to go to, she okay. just wants to be alive. I so think. we've got one wish. Okay, we got one down. Bring Snuggy back. Uh, okay. Resurrect my entire family? Is that one thing? Is that like, uh, is how that, big is your family? Is a, do you remember how many kids well, they're very have? short. I don't think it's by mass. I mean, you can ask for that, but that might not be what happens. Something 
adjacent to it may occur. Yeah. Well, they seem happy in the afterlife. Yeah, no, they seem like they're going a good time. You got the marble, you can visit them, it's great. Okay. So... I once brought back a living painting because he showed me a picture. They ran in the rain. It was quite tragic. That's a terrible story. All right, so we could ask for the city to be rebuilt. Yeah, no, that, mm, but I was going to actually get that as employment. I was going to do those repairs. I mean, maybe you I could, selfish son of a bitch. Maybe I could still invoice if it's my wish. <laughs> Are you wasting a wish on an invoice? <laughs> no, okay, well, you, we'll do the wish. I'll just send the invoice. It, I mean, it's part of my wish. So we repair the city. We bring back Snakey. Yeah. I mean, there's probably going to be a cost to one of those. So the third one's just like undo whatever we just messed up? Or, wait, I have an evil sorceress that I need to find. Okay, do you need to find her or do you need to kill her? When I find her, I will kill her. But what if you skip step one? And just kill her with a spell remotely? I mean, that what sort of cowardice is that? A very efficient cowardice? I mean, that's how I'd do it. Wish number one. I want to know exactly where the evil sorceress is at all times. The mayor begins to make the somatic motions required to cast the spell, produces a flawless diamond from within his pouch of components, says the inscrutable words, and Hank no longer sees Fook. He is gone. Well, that's one down. Uh, that backfired real fast. Well, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Where'd he go? I have no idea. Okay. He, his wish came true somehow. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to maybe change up this order then. Uh, I would like my friend Snakey back to life, please. That's actually a very straightforward, easily done thing. Okay, good. He goes through the motions again, produces a diamond, and it is consumed as he says the inscrutable words. And from within the sludge and viscera and pools of acid, slowly the flesh of Snakey reconstitutes itself. Snakey goes from a darkness that sh something is happening, but she can no longer remember what it is. You've woken as though from a dream. Okay, so just 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 pa don't panic. You were dead for a bit. You were dead for just a little bit. Uh, what? Uh, and all your pets are my pets now. <laughs> but you're back alive, so that's nice. Where's Fook? Uh, he may have gotten over ambitious with a wish, so we're not a hundred percent on that. But we what? He's he's. What? You, he, hey, what the? Don't put this you on me. Idiot. This was this was definitely Fook's own thing. I'm gonna make up his mind. He had a, he got the first wish. He asked for a third. I'm gonna kill you next. Don't kill me, please. I'm gonna for sure kill you. Then Is the that wish. your wish? No, young don't one? do that. Shh. What? Because then the, then there's no wish to bring me back. So don't do that one. Okay. Uh, well, she's still breathing. Maybe we'll just do what we were planning. Okay. How about we repair all the damage to the city? That's your last one. What do you want? He goes through the somatic motions. He produces the flawless diamond, says the inscrutable words. It is consumed, and there is a cloud of smoke, of dust that swirls around Hank. 
and he finds himself sitting in a chair within a large covered wagon that has two large draft horses attached to the front and it says Hank and son and daughters general contracting okay I feel like I missed a step again here yeah great work and on the dashboard is a contract for general repairs to the city of Trudeau but the number beside the gold promise to you is so large you have to fold out extra flaps to see how much you are going to be paid for this job. Uh, I think I got some uh, some time set up here. I think I got some good work going. Let's see what I got supplies in the back. Ooh, that, that's, a, that's a nice one. That's a, in the back nice pipes. are a series, are magical objects that are able to cast mending and stone shaping anything you could possibly want to be the most advanced repairs wizard in the world. My dreams have come true, Snakey. It worked. The wishes work. Uh-huh. It comes with a cost, though. Yeah, no, it's a lot of money. It's cost, going to cost you guys a lot of money for my expert services. Yes, but the hours you're going to have to put in, your work-life balance is shot. I mean... You know, we're, we're getting off of a little bit of a rough patch. Me this and the might wife. cause some domestic issues with your wife. I mean, you've been gone some time, and you're going to always be gone. Well, I mean, but we're gonna, you know, we're gonna work it out. Uh, she can come with. There's lots of space in the in the carriage. Oh, know. the stress, the stress. I mean, I'm gonna get Luke to help out. He's he's a good worker. He he puts in the time. Oh, he may secretly resent you for forcing him to go into the family business. I mean, I, I think it would show an aptitude for it and, and a like for it. So. Oh, I think it's, I think it's all going to work out. Consequences. I think it's all going to work out. Okay, I'm getting out of here. Me and Susan are going to go find Fook. Come on, Andorra. Oh, you oh you want you want to stay here? Well, fine. You fine stay, but I don't want to hear you whining about a guy next time we meet. Well, Hank, I obviously have a new mission now. Oh, what's, oh you're going to go find Fook? Yep. Um, when he disappeared, he forgot to take this with him. So maybe give him his egg back. Hank presents the silver egg. <sighs> Snakey tucks the egg back in her very, very dirty, very, very big coat. And uh, when you're out there, if you need any more repairs, you know the guy. <sighs> Susan, uh winds her way up uh, Hank around his waist like she's hugging him but like a little bit too tight so his guts <laughs> hurt. Yeah, no, this, this oh, you're so nice, Susan. Uh, good luck on your missions. Uh, yeah, I got some walkies here. Take a walkie. We'll keep in touch. It'll be great. Sure. He hands her a stone of far speech from the back. I guess, uh, thanks for bringing me back from the dead or whatever. Hey, no problem. I won't even invoice for it. <laughs> it's like a person repair. No, it's too soon. It's like a person. It's too soon for this joke. It's like I repaired it's, you. It's too soon. You. Yeah, she's, she was just dead. I mean, lay off. Yeah, but it didn't stick. And so the party splits. Over the coming years, Tudo is gradually but slowly rebuilt as the Brodian son and daughter contracting company becomes the largest construction firm in the province of Taro. 
The pennant race is rebuilt first as a shoddy lean-to in the ruins of his original bar, but John Hortense lost but an eye, and in fact, the eye patch made him look badass. And once he was finally back in a rebuilt building, business was never better. He would tell stories of the day he helped kill you-know-who. A celestial dog stays in the dog bed in the corner for several days, maybe even weeks, and then one day perks his ears and runs out the door. In the Tink Tank, the gnomes who had fallen on such hard times find themselves open back up to trade, and their wares in high demand, first in the rebuilding, but also in the great trade networks that are now available to them again, and their work becomes renowned throughout the empire. Their neighbors and friends, the pauper wizards, find that there was a large deposit of highly valuable minerals under their land. However, they were swindled out of the rights to it and make no money and are evicted from their homes. Pat Najak, the guardian Naga, becomes a keeper of a deck of many things, and in fact guards it fiercely with his own version of the newlywed game, which is subtly changed to be exempt from copyright infringement. Coney Wetbottom and Mayor Fort together set out to build a newer and better Tudo, and for years it works well until such time as they are able to once again hold democratic elections for city council, which they lose. And so all their suggestions for great works are lost and held up in committees. And a power base in the scarred boroughs, which is largely spired destruction, forces the extension of a spider path to the scarred borough to connect it to the downtown area, despite uh, planning, arguing against it. And when the day it is opened, hundreds of phase spiders pour out of the station, wreaking destruction and death. This allows them to get voted back onto the council and they're able to continue their plans. Leslie Franks, representative of the um, Municipal Adventure Re-Education Program, has forever been chasing the one chit that was never turned in. A task to clean some uncleanable windows. And as the final surviving member of the team sent out to do it, Leslie pursues Balgor the Barbarian to, through the ends of the earth, finding him, finally, the mayor of a quaint town who know him not by his true name, but by an assumed one of Monsieur Meriel. Leslie Franks is forced to reckon with the change that she has seen and that the one criminal she's chased for her entire life is no longer a criminal. Settles in the small town. And Leslie and Balgor have many children together. <laughs> All named Cornelius. Centuries in the past, a goddess Stokus is in charge of a library. The tongue of the last person to speak in too loud a voice hangs above the door as a warning. A warning that all who enter heed. Fook was just standing in the ruins of Tudo. He had just wished to know the location of the evil sorceress at all times. And suddenly he is standing on top of a hill, looking out over a great plain. But he is not alone. Throughout his long life, he has tried time and time again to bend the laws of causality to save his family. Time and time again he has failed. But that means that Fook 
is there time and time again. And now every time has been brought together. Fook stands in front of thousands of other Fook Wimbles. Confronted with so many versions of himself, the ability to recall that he had been granted by his god is shattered. The Fook that existed through most of his life is the Fook he is now. There are thousands of Fooks who are each about to forget what just happened. Hello, I'm immune to diseases. Hello, my name is Fook. Ooh, Fook my Wimble. name is Fook. Wimble. My name is also Fook. I can't remember my name. This shield is new. My robe I'm robe? immune to diseases. So am I. No. I know my Ooh. god, Kangaroo. And that's what it's like to have I'm sex with the moon. Another similar one. Does anyone know Ooh. where there's an evil woman? I think I do. Her name is Lilac Grimsbane. Ooh. Perhaps we could work together. And the oldest, the recently arrived Fook, stands at their head. Yes, we can work together and we can also have a little fun along the way, I suppose. I'm very handsome. I've never noticed. The multiple planes of existence shudder creeped out. (laughs) It has been 20 years since the destruction of Tudo, and there's a new city. Hank, your empire has grown. You now have hundreds of employees working on dozens of projects. Basically, every new tower that goes up has been built by your company. The new Mage Handball Stadium is built, and you're the one who breaks ground. But you find drawn to further adventures. There are great cities that lack great sewer systems. You pack up your family. You leave your vice president in charge of regional hiring, in charge of the Tudo branch. And you set out to the great cities of the Empire to build the great public works you think they deserve. All right, Brody family meeting. Brody family meeting. Everyone gather up. We've done a lot of good here in Tudo, right? We built up a real good city. And that's on us, you know? We are good workers to do good works. And everyone deserves that. You guys may remember, some of my younger days, I did some adventuring. I went some places. I saved some lives. Are we finally going on vacation? We are going on a working vacation. (sighs) We're going to go all around this empire. You might as well just drive me to my mother's now. We'll stop at your mother's. We'll fix up her toilet. She's, ugh, it needs some improvements. Last time we were there. Hank. Let me tell you. I love you. I love you too. I hate sewers. Okay, um... I hate them. I hate the way you smell after you come back from them. I hate the way... Um, I, I hate the smell of my own children because of that. Oh, okay, that's all taken. You don't have to go in there yourself. But it, it's got to be done right. You have employees, Hank. Oh, oh, I'm having a, I'm having a brain thing. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, so sewers is basically just plumbing... But with poopy water. No, it, sewers are plumbing. There's, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no there's, difference. But there's, there's poopy in the water. 
Yes. Okay, what about this? This is my new idea. We're going don't don't stop stop the face palm. I have a migraine. Like, it's this is you're gonna like this. It, it's involving your thing and my thing. What if we made a water park? It's plumbing, but it's clean water and it's full of vacations. We've got the resources. Come on, baby. Think about it. Water park. Will there be a wave pool? Oh, there's going to be so many wave pools, my baby. Why do you need multiple wave pools? Why do you always have to complicate things? We just go do our best job, whatever you want. Hank, I love you. I love you too. Let's build, a wave, let's build all the wave pools. We'll build I one just wave, told you. One, one wave pool. One wave pool. You always... We're going to build a real nice water park. Brody water park. After a vacation. All right. For you. Not like a working... Like a short one. No. <laughs> <laughs> there is a cave deep in the underdark, dripping with dirty water from its sides. Monstrous shapes slither in the dark towards a faint flickering light. Moving towards it, we see a low, damp, smelly chamber. But there is rough wooden furniture. What appears to be a bar with a drow standing behind it and a crowd of orcs and goblins and drow surrounding and cheering two figures in the center. One, an orc woman downing a large tankard of liquor, placing it upside down. And the other, with a silver dragon wormling sitting on her shoulder, who drowns another and then another, turning them upside down. The orc attempts to take the next shot, swallows, smiles, and falls back. Snaky grabs up the large pile of money on the center of the table and has won yet again the drinking game she never loses. And so has won answers from the bartender. Have you seen a small naked gnome? You're going to have to be a little more specific. This has got a dachshund? It's really cute. You're talking about the Dreadlord. Uh, yeah, sure. I think his army is four days ride to the south. <laughs> army fook, you crazy motherfucker. Okay, I'll have another drink. Sure. Say, you wouldn't have to be willing to be killing something for me, would you? <laughs> yeah, don't tell me anything else. Just point me in the right direction. Okay. <laughs> I like a barf. In a mid-level hotel in the capital city of the Drow, deep in the Underdark, Hank Brody goes down for a continental breakfast. Okay, you know, look, sir, I'm telling you, there were some wrong turns we made, but let's make the best of the place we ended up, okay? There's, there's a nice breakfast here. It's a pretty nice hotel. All I told you was that I wanted a tan. And you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll retrace our steps. We'll end up in a place with sunlight, at least, I promise. But uh, this is just where we are now. Let's make the best of it until we uh, look free food. As Hank opens one of the samovars, on top of the scrambled eggs is a very diseased bat. 
just having a nap. Ah. 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 Oh, I know you. Hank sort of scratches under the chin of the bat. The bat oozes. I forgot you do that. Okay. Wait, so, but if you're here... Sneaky uh, stumbles into the room with one hand on the door frame. And Dora, did you get us breakfast yet? We're so hungry. <sighs> I, don't, I don't think the bat can carry a whole plate of eggs. Hank. Sneaky! You stupid piece of shit. Why, why am I stupid this time? What did I do? What are you doing here? Okay, maybe made a couple wrong turns. This is not the best vacation spot, but that's not for you to judge. Hmm. You look, uh, your thighs, they're, uh... They're holding up. You look good. Yeah. I mean, 20 years, hit a human a little hotter than a half-elf, but, uh, I'm keeping spry, keeping busy. Yeah, I look the same. You look basically the same. 20 years more dirt. Technically, you're an adult now. No more angsty teen. Still, nah. still angsty, though? You're, you're angsty. Fuck you. I don't... Shut up. Are you hitting on me? No, that's not what Are I was Are you that was not what I was hitting doing. on me? She, like, grabs him by the scruff of his shirt. Just then, Andorra flies over and, and lands with her claws in his cheek. So she's, like, horizontal. Uh, and just already, he's instantly scat. His whole face starts to scab over. Okay, I think we had the misunderstanding. This is not what I meant. I just said, you seem to be going up nice. Because you're trying so hard. How's the search for food going, maybe? Not great. Evil woman! <gasps> you killed my family. Prepare to die. Folk! Wait, what? Who? What? Is he here? What the? Where'd you? How did you find me? What? Um, have we slept together at some point? Uh, Snakey... Picks up the tiny gnome and and shakes him above her head. Evil woman. If I could get my hand on my battle axe, you would be dead right oh now. Oh my god, I've been looking for you for so long. You're such a jerk. Wait, wait, what, 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 what? Oh my god, you have no idea how many people I've killed. It's like everyone what? I've seen, basically, except for you guys here. I'm sorry, this is a new shield. I'm a bit confused. Oh, you forget everything. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Susan? Oh, Susan, bring me the shield. A snake um, slithers in wearing a shield on her back. Snakey holds the shield while Susan continues to slither away towards the coffee station. Here's a shield. It's yours. I found it. Ooh. Wait, that is my handwriting. Right? Wait, I, I killed an evil woman. Yeah. What did... What, 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 I, I liberated the gnomes. Yeah, you've been so busy, it's hard to keep up with you, but I found this thing and I was like, whoa, crap, Wait, crazy. I'm a king? Yeah. Oh, I've forgotten some things. Oh my. Wow. Wait, are you, are you snaky? Yeah. That must make you Moldar. No, no, sorry, I'm, I'm Hank. Oh, but Moldar's the one who saved those orphans from that, that flatulent elk. I never met him. Oh. I think I think I'm down maybe I'm further down the shield, maybe? No, that's someone named Frank. Oh, that's probably me. That probably meant to be me. People occasionally make that mistake. Yeah. Well, it's good to see you, Snakey. I I I can't believe you're here. Unless I, I had a family, I got them up. No. Okay. 
What? I found you. I... What? I've been looking for you, and... Now what do I do? I mean, I got some openings, I guess, uh, at my business. Well, I've you now killed, you need killed. I've killed an evil woman, so what, what do I do? How are you guys with uh, running a water park? And the, and the tourism experience? Hmm. Um, we could always go next door. There's a nice ramen place. We could leave him behind and yeah, just uh, let's catch up. Out. Let's get out of here. Okay. The hotel manager walks up. He has a hood on, and he presents a bill to Hank. I think you might need to pay this. Yep, so let's go ramen. Mm. <laughs> Hank throws a heavy bag full of platinum coins towards the hotel manager. No problem. He awkwardly attempts to catch it. And it falls down to the ground. Oh, this is this is all happening again, isn't it? It's always going to be the same, isn't it? God damn you people. Do you guys not know that I'm rich? No, I do. He rips off the hood. It's me, you idiots. Oh. I'm going to need some more information. The cloney. The clone. Oh, come on. All right, see, there's this other demon lord, and he's... Oh, god damn. Look, according to the shield, I'm now 3,800 years old. Don't how, I deserve a rest? How about Tiamat? I'm on vacation. I can slot you into a real nice campaign. uh... I can help you out. I've got very reasonable rates. Well, I suppose my alternative is going home and running a kingdom. All right, I'll ask the wife. Wait a minute, I'm a father of a dragon? Oh, shoot. Let me take you out to the parking lot. This has been Caverns and Comedians, Dungeons and Dragons powered storytelling with Toronto comedians. Starring Scott Thrower as Boop the Paladin, Lee Cameron as Snakey the Ranger, Maddox Campbell as Hank the Wizard, and Kyle Scott as the Dungeon Master. This has been a Kicks and Giggles production created by Kyle Scott and Maddox Campbell, with editing by Maddox Campbell, theme by Derek Baldwin and engineered by Andrea Miller. Find out more at cavernsandcomedians.com and don't forget to like, rate, and share. Thanks for listening. And welcome, everyone, to Chatting Caverns, where we talk about the show out of character and with all the details and with the real people who make the show. Who are you trying to yeah, be? Yeah, what's your voice? That's not your regular voice. I'm trying to be me, guys. I'm trying to be the real Maddox. This is who I've always been. You guys always been bad at hosting. <laughs> oh, that was Andrea, our seldom heard tech. Yep, off mic and yelling mean things from the back of the room. <laughs> and we have done it. We have completed our campaign. We have finished our story. Everything's wrapped up and... Despite all odds, we all sort of survived. Yeah, despite best efforts. It took a whole wish to do it, but we got there. (laughs) So uh, let's just talk a little bit about uh, some of the things that went down. I'm going to start us off with, uh, hey, Kyle, you were the dungeon master for this. Mm. What were some of the big uh, turns from your plans? What did you have planned out and what went completely off rails for you? All right. Um, (laughs) Oh, this is going to be a long one. He's unfurling a scroll. When I wrote the general outline before I started writing any individual, uh, 
adventures, there was always going to be a demon rising. There was always going to be you guys, the party going into the past to see the first instance of the rising, uh, fail to stop it, and then try to return back to the future with knowledge or some boon game that they would then use to actually stop it. So we were always going to fail, no matter what the dice rolls were. Just in the past. Okay. The past is the past is immutable. Uh, you're just meant... To, that's one thing. I'm just enamored. I wanted there to... Originally, I wanted there to be a more significant amount of time spent in sort of an Anglo-Saxon setting because that's just a historical period. Wait, wait, like, wait. So I was also always set up to fail my only goal. <laughs> you set me up with a goal and then said that I was never going to succeed. This might be related to the fact that you're the only one of us who got a last episode gift. I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah, I gotta listen to that. Her first set of dice. My first set of dice. They're very beautiful. They're like blue and green and sparkly, peacock, peacock colors. Yeah, so she was set up for failure from the beginning. Kind of felt bad about that, so I bought her some <laughs> dice. <laughs> also, she's the only one, uh, only presents. player who didn't have her own dice, so I thought that would be nice because she's also the last to join. Uh, kind of got thrust into the middle of it, and a little baby, probably tough. <laughs> So, yeah, I wanted to be nice. I do nice <laughs> things very infrequently. So yeah. I am so excited to have this present. Yeah, so, and we have had some fallen heroes along the way. So I remember you originally saying that you had planned to make Maldar a more key part of the central story. Yes. Uh, I had set up quite early on that Maldar was going to be the one who uh, was the key to everything. Oh, no. <laughs> and then you killed me without a second thought. Well, it was amazing. It was amazing how quick the party turned on poor Maldar. That, I think, is just sadly what happens to Maddox in any group. <laughs> it's, I'm going to clarify that to Maddox's characters in any group. Some humans like me as a person. Uh, Lee and I have both known you for like, what, seven, eight years? Like maybe nine years, yeah. eight, eight or nine. That's crazy. We've yeah. known you for so long. Yeah. I, I saw probably your first stand-up set. And you haven't like And how many me, times or? have we never not made fun of you? Like <laughs> <laughs> Out of love. <laughs> You're making me sad, guys. Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 this I'm, is the last time we'll, we'll all see each other. Well, that's that's we're getting at our uh, little demons. Yeah. Maddox, yeah. Maddox, play, Maddox plays, uh, finds a way to always be the low status character in scenes. That's one thing he does, and it's something he does very well. It's a crutch, and he needs to learn. Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 uh, no, 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 no. I, I like always it. am the asshole, so I do that. Yeah, very, very well. Mm-hmm. I also do low status when Maddox isn't around, so I'm glad he's been here. Okay, so for the players, what was the biggest turn the story took that you weren't expecting? I think for Lee, it was failing. Yeah, I really <laughs> actually wasn't expecting to fail that so hard. I was like, well, that, there's no way we can win this. And that's the only thing I'm supposed to do. Oh. <laughs> that was a shock. And for, Mal, for you, was it Maldar I think it was Maldar, yeah. I think Maldar, I mean... I didn't think that I always set up that characters could die and that they would leave the show. So I always thought that was a possibility. But like he died real fast. Yeah. It was a very sudden moment for me. And uh, I didn't. Yeah. I, I figured it would be more of a sud big buildup, some sort yeah. of major sacrifice. And it was like, nope, you, you tried to grab someone. They turned around, shot you point blank. As we talked about at the time, that was a surprise to me. I did not expect that to happen. Uh, it just I happened to be. I'm normally a very low dice roller, and I just happened to roll incredibly well on that damage. Yeah. Uh, so incredibly well that it killed you without the chance for saving throws. And then, but then I devoted an entire episode to giving. <laughs> 
the the Christmas episode we did, which I think is one of the best episodes that we ever did, was devoted to Maldar. So don't give me this. No, that never really, <laughs> that really yeah. did ease the blow. I said I was shocked in the moment, but the, the Christmas episode really did ease that blow. Uh, helped me get him a, sort of a send off. And uh, I mean, he's not alive, but yeah, he's out in the universe somewhere. Now, in canon. Maldar is Santa. He is Santa. Well, my he's not biggest, alive. He's, he's yeah. whatever you think of Santa, Santa, that is what Maldar is. Yeah. My biggest surprise was also in the past when I saw it coming partway through the episode, and I was like, "Fook is going to sacrifice himself for some kid. This is just mm. something Fook's going to do." And then Agata averted his suicide and took herself out, and I was I was flabbergasted. That was very nice and very dramatic, and it made me teary. Yeah. It was very surprising, and I, I, I feel like I, I sometimes wonder if Joe got the full weight of what she was doing when she did that because it's hard to travel through time. Yeah, and likewise, she also got sort of a bonus episode to try to get back to try to get back. Back, but she, she didn't, but she didn't, yeah. and she was stuck in the past. I set that up knowing that that was a possibility, but thinking that you were far too selfish as players to take advantage of it and was going to make <laughs> you feel guilty for it. Oh, oh so oh, like the, the, the Kyle special. Well, Fook was a better man than you expected. Just not good at grappling. No, no, clearly not. <laughs> and then that special episode with Agata was, uh, we were guested with Carmine Lucarelli, who I know is listening. Hello, Carmine. I hope you're pre- ready for softball. Um, Carmine and that entire bar has been very supportive of the podcast, so we got to give them a shout out. Well, my girlfriend whatever that works bar there, is called. So oh, that bar. might be called the Social Capital Theater, uh, located near Broadview Station in Toronto, Ontario. On top of the Black Swan. Yep. Yep. My uh, my my girlfriend works there, and she's lovely. So, <laughs> she so lovely. go hit on tip Kyle's girlfriend. Well, tip well. <laughs> yeah. And we have a question coming from one of our listeners, Rachel Cassidy Cree. She's asking, "What is one of your favorite moments in the show? The best thing that you did, or most cool thing that you did? Favorite thing we did? I enjoyed that car chase." Yeah. That I, was a fun episode. So she was a great guest. Cat. Yeah, that yes. was Cat Letwin was visiting as Debbie the Outlaw. Debbie the Outlaw. So we got two she episodes awesome. out of that. That was a lot of fun. That was, yeah, that was a really good, uh, it had a good mix of action and story. We really got to meet her. And I I, I, I felt Snakey evolve a lot as a character there too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was fun having, and, we made a lot of eye contact. <laughs> Smokey and the Bandit is an amazing movie. Yeah, uh, the first episode of that, that's something I had planned for a long, long time because uh, I had just, I had watched Smokey and the Bandit for the first time in over a decade and was just like, I have to do this as an episode. And then the first, first episode that we recorded went great, all according to plan. Everything went ha- exactly how I wanted it to. And then, of course, immediately as we started the second half of that session, you guys destroyed everything and the entire <laughs> second episode of that. Is that when we stole the car? Everything after that, I made up in the moment. Gotcha. Yeah, because as I've told you, if you give us something cool that we can steal, yeah. we will steal it. <laughs> okay, so so many of these episodes have been like homages to something from popular culture. What made you decide to go that route? I'm lazy. Okay. That's what I figured. <laughs> I think you're selling yourself short. You also just are nutty about pop culture. Yes. True. Uh, I'm obsessed with baseball, so perhaps the most fun thing for me... Was watching baseball ga- while you were DMing that time? That was, a, <laughs> that that was, was, that was the AFC. I was very mad about that. That was football. the AFC championship game. There's no way I was missing that. <laughs> um, and uh, the most fun for me was... Creating the backstory to the Mage Handball League. <laughs> I came up with uh, standings and names of each team and what their colors were and just something about like 
the intricacies of baseball and all that is something I'm obsessed with. Uh, also, just that was definitely an arc that stretched longer than you claimed to have planned. It was supposed to go very quickly, <laughs> but you guys just did not want to play the game. Yes, so. I was so resistant to playing that game because I thought it would be terrible audio. But then the game itself turned out pretty good. It yes. was okay. Yeah, it took a lot of work to figure out how to set it up. Yeah, uh, to like the average episode of Caverns takes like we have a four hour recording session and I usually do 12 to 16 hours of prep just writing and figuring things out Jesus and you guys use like 5% of that <laughs> fair uh, that took easily twice that much uh, because I've tried to account for like there are whole I could run an entire other campaign based on stuff you guys did not do well you explained the rules to that game so many times and it just kept, went in one of my ears and out the other one and I just could not hold on to it I was happy the game broke down into a riot when it did though because I think we were like a third of the way through the game oh, and we'd yeah. already gone multiple sessions on that uh, but I guess while we're talking about sports anyway, we might as well transition a little bit to one of our listener questions. A uh, regular fan of the show, Fat Hobbit, asked, uh, what is a good pick for the Blue Jays for a fantasy baseball league? Ugh. We don't now, care, but I know Kyle will have an answer. So let's, We love Fat Hobbit, though. We love Fat Hobbit. So, In short, if you are picking a player from the Blue Jays and absolutely want to, which not so great in 2018, uh, pick Josh Donaldson is the only top 10 player in the league on the Blue Jays. He will probably go very quickly. Your second choice. And next question. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's Aaron Sanchez yeah, is in the roster. Otherwise, take Justin can Smoke. Can we get him? Okay. Is Encarnacion still on the team? No, he plays for Cleveland. Well, now. I like that he always plays reggaeton because I like reggaeton. Yes. <laughs> and one more thing to ask. Is there a missed opportunity, a thing you wish we had gone into on this campaign that we didn't get around to? One of my missed opportunities was when we were in the mayor's office. And all we got out of it was a drawer. There had to be something else in that room. Yeah, I, I, I've kept on thinking at that party that there's got to be more information that we can get out of it. But at the same time, I didn't feel like our characters would want to get more information than they were. Fair. Yeah. We each had a very specific mission in character at that party. Our characters and, weren't known for getting along with people. And all of our characters' missions were not the main mission. I generally write everything out either in a notebook or on the computer and then transfer my notes to cue cards. Probably why it takes so goddamn long. Um, there were seven cue cards unused from things that you could have found, <laughs> which a whole lot, like a whole lot of backstory, a whole lot of motivation, a whole lot of information. Finding out that the mayor was actually a clone of Coney Wetbottom was oh, really? achievable in that moment. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was one of the original ideas. It okay. was a reference to multiplicity, which... <laughs> okay. The mo movie Multiplicity? The Michael Keaton Anyone vehicle. Anyone remembers Multiplicity? I would like to, like, see a graph of your <laughs> obsessions. Like, I'd like to see where the commonalities are. That'll get dark. <laughs> I feel like Michael Keaton's got to be part of it in there. Uh, there's... Anything Men that with is, curly dark hair. That, that fits Tom Baker. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And yep. does it fit with Smokey the Bandit too? Is Tom Selleck in that? Tom Selleck, yeah. No. I figured Bert it Reynolds. out. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, you're right. Burt Reynolds, Sorry. he has curly I dark chest those hair. Two up. <laughs> I figured it out. Sally, Sally Field has curly hair, doesn't she? Curly-ish. No, I'm, only doing, men. I'm a... only doing men with curly Sorry. hair. I guess my missed opportunities were ones I had a lot of backstory for Maldar that <laughs> slid away as soon as he died. Well, yeah, and Maldar's family got really tied into the plot and then suddenly disappeared. Yeah. What was that supposed to build to? It was trying to figure, like, Maldar was the grandson of you-know-who. Who? who? 
<laughs> yes. Uh, for those listening, uh, the Demon Lord You Know Who is a bad joke by Gary Gygax. <laughs> because you could, uh, in the original version of Dungeons and Dragons, you could summon a Demon Lord by speaking his name. So they would only refer to him, like Voldemort, as You Know Who. So he created a Demon Lord called You Know Who. Okay. And so Maldar's family? Maldar was, uh, the because he was a tiefling, that is the offspring of a humanoid and a demon, that demon was the son of you-know-who, so he was the you-know-who's grandson. And to be clear, Maldar did not know who his father was. There was mysterious circumstances around his birth, so that's why he didn't have that information to give while he was alive. Okay. So I built basically the storyline once, Ma- once Maddox had come up with his character. Gotcha. And because I know that Maddox is the only person who stays on the podcast <laughs> if his character dies, it's like, oh, yeah, he'll be there. This character will be there at the end. And nope. so the death of Maldar, is that why Hank's backstory was so much simpler? Yeah, I, it was partly it was more simpler because I didn't want things to yeah, get dropped off or have to try to put story in. And also it's very much the premise for the character of Hank is simplicity. Like. Yeah. The idea of Maldar was that he was a conspiracy theory trying to look into his complicated past. The idea of Hank was that he was an ordinary, run-of-the-mill, simple guy who shouldn't be adventuring and just got thrown into this. Gotcha. Uh, there was also a, an entire unused arc about how Agatha had been groomed since childhood to be the sacrifice yeah. that brings about the uh, the rising. Ay 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 ay. Okay. So uh, that had to get dropped um, quite with a thud. Um, It was hinted at in the episode where Nug Nargang uh, guested, and he was feeding some backstory through an unreliable narrator. Yeah, so the gauntlets that her father had made. Yes. Uh, If she had not died and if things had gone a little smoother in the... uh, when we lost Finnick, uh, it would have been easier for that to become a plot point because when you guys returned, the original idea was when you guys returned from the from the past, that would be when that story kicked in. Okay, so did Finnick's backstory also tie into the story? Uh, Finnick's backstory was supposed to be more about him. My idea for Finnick was that he was supposed to, like his father had wanted him to accept his family and accept who he was and it was more about accepting him self as somebody who was fated to do something more with his life than just be a shiftless adventurer. Okay. He actively worked against that. <laughs> uh, that's just his character. And then, uh, again, we left his father in amongst that weird conflagration in the city. Yeah. And with Finnick dying in the interim made that storyline a dead end. Gotcha. Literally. And was Da the most offensive character we had in the entire show? To, I mean, I thought so. Yeah, but when memory we of held my... a poll, we did hold a poll on this. <laughs> what is the most offensive accent in the show? Somehow it came up as Hank. He oh, doesn't, yeah, I can see that. He doesn't yep. technically have like a regional accent. Yeah, he's Sylvester Stallone. He's just he's, got the marble Yeah, map. He's kind of half Sylvester Stallone, half Christopher Walken yeah. impersonation. It is offensive to the memory of my grandparents. Uh, one of the one of my great grandparents was a boxing champion of Ireland, so he was spinning okay. in his grave angry at me. It's a box the boxer accent. <laughs> yeah. He's been they hit all a lot. Sound the same. And is essentially a leprechaun. <laughs> okay, guys, uh I've got one question that I've always wanted to ask. What was your favorite interaction with the listeners? I have enjoyed uh, inter- interacting with uh some of our listeners who have asked me about baseball. 
Oh, no. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, that's the worst. It's the national pastime. Of a different nation. For me, it was walking into the Social Capital Theater and seeing they have a chalkboard over the cash register that has quotes and walking in one day and seeing a Fook Wimbles quote. That was amazing. Oh, cute. Yeah. Oh, and we got fan art. Yeah. Uh, Senior Random submitted some fan art and it's really good. I'm super happy about it. We managed to uh, convince him to let us retweet it. So it's up there. Uh, but I'm, yeah, I wanted fan art from day one and I was so happy yeah. when we finally got some. It's pretty the cool. listeners were so cool once we finally found a way to sort of engage with them because at first we weren't getting any reaction and then we, the Twitter kind of came alive and suddenly there were people. Yep. I liked when Chris Perkins himself came to me and said, you have completed D and D. There is no D and D left to play after you. Oh, that's why we're stopping the podcast <laughs> just because there's no more D and D to do. No more D and D. Yeah. But I just got dice. (laughs) (laughs) You'll have to play Pathfinder. All right. So before we wrap up, uh, this might be the last time that many of our listeners hear from us unless they decide to follow up. So if someone wants to follow up with any of our cast, where can they go about doing that? I'll start you off as Scott Thrower. Where can they find more Scott Thrower? Well, you can find me at Periodically Pod or at unwantedchildren.ca, which is the website for my podcast that is currently uh, doing quite well on... uh, it's new and notable, even though it's 46 episodes in on Apple Podcasts at the moment. So, yeah, check it out. Fairy tales for unwanted children. Each week, a brand new fairy tale. Uh, Lee, if they find more Lee, how do they go about that? Um, on Twitter, I'm at Cam Lee Cam. Lee's spelled L-E-I-G-H. Same thing as uh, Instagram, I guess. Uh, if you ever see the improv duo Bloody, The Bloody Marys, that's me and Kirsten Rasmussen, we will eventually have uh, a podcast out. Uh, soon. Their website's <laughs> called thebloodymarriageshow.com and also I'm doing a show every Sunday at the Bad Dog Theater called The Alumni Show and it's all alumni of the Second City. So people who have a lot of experience and aren't getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really funny. So 8 o'clock, uh, Bad Dog on Sundays. Alright, Kyle, if they want to follow up with you in any way, shape, or form? Uh, I would just like to drop in uh, former cast members. If you want to catch up with Oliver Georgiou, you can find him on Twitter at O underscore Georgiou, that's G-E-O-R-G-I-O-U. You can also find Joanna Houghton at Moda Mama. She has a blog. It's a fashion blog. And John Richardson, you can find at the Nice Guys podcast. It's called That's How I Remember It. Right. The group is called The Nice Guys. (laughs) The group is called The Nice Guys. Nice Guys Comedy is where you can find their website. And you can find me at G. Kyle Scott uh, at... Uh, and Twitter, uh, I will mainly be tweeting about uh, bad customer service experiences, uh, TTC frustrations, and the Blue Jays. It's so. truly insufferable. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Here, I can just commandeer a mic. If you want to see more of me, just come see shows at the Social Capital Theater. Uh, Who is this speaking? This is Andrea. I'm technically the voice of the podcast, actually. <laughs> All right. So people should, you've heard my voice before, you will never hear it again. I don't think anyone even noticed when we moved from Ralph to you. I mean, same voice, <laughs> same voice. Exactly the same. And if you want to find any more about me, I'm at Maddox Campbell on Twitter. But more importantly, if you want to find out more about Kicks and Giggles Entertainment, this has been a Kicks and Giggles production, by the way, uh, you can go to kicksandgigglesentertainment.com to find out about our future projects. This is actually the last Caverns and Comedians. We are wrapping up this podcast. We aren't going to be doing any more episodes of that. But we do have other projects planned. We have some live shows. One of those live shows being Quizdemonium, a pub trivia night that I run with Andrea. 
at the Social Capital Theater on the second Wednesday of every month. So go swing by that. It's a lot of fun. And we have another podcast already in the works. So we'll have that coming up on the feed. And of course, if you find it on the site. And most importantly, I want to thank you guys, the listeners, for keeping with us. The community has been so supportive and we've been so thankful for everyone who's given up their precious, precious time to watch us or listen to us be dumb while playing D&D and make jokes about poop and fighting each other and getting in arguments. It has been so great. I did not think Fook was going to be that weird when I first thought him up. But he was. Yes. Also, it wasn't just jokes about poop. It was the same joke about poop. <laughs> Every time. So consistent. Oh, geez. Uh, so thank you for giving your time to our dumb pursuit that we hope at least gave you some good times and enjoyment. And I would like you all to make one last dexterity saving throw to see if you survive the end of the podcast. Nope. I don't, you I don't f- think I Ooh, did. you all fail. Oh. You all fail. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.